0: We're getting started into a new series this morning through 1 Peter, it's going to be entitled Here, There. And as we get into a new series, I just want to encourage you to not forget the old series that we just got through. We want to continue to be the church. We want to be the church who God has called us to be. And so if you need to be reminded of some of those things that we talked about over the last several months we'd encourage you to go to pvcc.com and uh, make sure to look up and you can go there and you can listen to uh, past sermons, and we'd love for you to, to go there and, and be reminded of some of the things that God is calling us to do because I truly believe that uh, God's not done with us, that we're not just through a community picnic and that was fun and enjoyable. We're not just uh, into the fall season, but we're in day in and day and day in and day out, living the life that God has called us to be living as a church. And so I want to encourage you and remind you that each day, be the church that God has called you to be. I want to encourage you this morning by letting you know that the eldership here, the leadership part of Paradise Valley Christian Church is, is praying for the future of what is going to take place here as part of this congregation, And so we want to continue to go back to this idea from Ephesians and and think about what God can continue to do through us as a congregation. It's going to go back to messages that I remember listening to all the way back in January when I wasn't even here. I was listening online and heard Larry's sermon about, you know, if we're going to imagine more, then it's going to take more from each and every one of us. We can't just be... Sunday morning Christians, we can't just be Wednesday night Christians, but we have to each and every day be who God has called us to be as the church. And so I want to continue to challenge you that each one of us needs to reach one for Jesus in order that we might continue to grow as a body, that we might continue to be those who disciple and those who reach out and those who see lives being changed because we as a church have a lot to offer When it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And again, today the new series is entitled Here, There. And it's this idea of we live here on this earth, but we have so much more to look forward to when it comes to our eternity and spending that with God in heaven, And there's always going to be this tension, this tension between the lives that we're trying to live faithfully for God here and, and the life that we know is to come. Because I want to encourage and challenge you this morning to remember that this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You see that old hymn, that old fun song that many of you may know it is a true statement, is a true song, and Peter is addressing this morning as we begin a group of suffering Christians. And I'm not talking about just the suffering that takes place in all of our lives, the every day, day in and day out grind of, of doing life, going, working jobs, trying to provide for families, taking care of kids, having responsibilities, keeping, you know, your appointments and all the different things of, of trying to stay healthy and be individuals that are living lives here on this earth. You know, that's, there's a lot that goes into that. But I'm talking about those who are sold out for Jesus Christ that are going through suffering that maybe we can't even begin to understand. And yet, according to God's word, we're going to be facing that. Jesus said in John 15, verse 20, it says, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. In 2 Timothy 3, 3 2, 12 says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Peter is writing to the churches in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia and these Christians were going through some tough things. In fact, uh, as I did a little research, you know, around this time 64 AD somewhere around in there, you know, we have this this fire that took place in Rome and it was it was a huge fire. Most like many believe that Nero was the one that started it, but the, it just burned Rome and Nero figured out that Man, i got to blame this on somebody else. This can't come back on me. And so they begin to blame Christians. And so they begin to persecute Christians in, in great uh, amounts of difficulty when, that they were going through as, as Christians at that time. And most of us living in America today are not facing the bulk of the types of persecution that Peter is addressing. But we may one day have to face that kind of persecution And in order to lift the believers' spirits, Peter is writing to them. Peter reminds them in the letter that it's to be expected because they are foreigners on the earth. They are citizens of heaven. They are children of God. They are living stones. They are a holy priesthood, and they are people of God's own possession. Peter wants to encourage us today to push through the difficulties of life. We live here, but our home is there. And this past uh, several days, uh, Autumn, my wife, and myself, and our two older daughters, and then our youngest, Brooks, went to to Garing to gather up all the last of our possessions, all of our earthly possessions, and it wasn't quite all of them because we left a piano there, and come to find out, the gentleman here that helped me unload yesterday uh, said, we could lend you a piano here, I'm sure. We could just leave that one there. So, um, that I don't know, that may happen. But yes, we were able to go down and, and collect and load up and, and haul all of the, the earthly possessions that we have here. And we're hoping to, we're planning, well we are, renting out the house there. And we're still praying about what, where God might be leading when it comes to a home here to to take all that stuff out of the Berlin's uh, shop there. And so, uh, and so I just appreciate uh, the, those who are lent us different tools, vehicles, trailers to help us do that, and, and those who I called just to come over and help unload. And it took about a half hour to unload that trailer last night. And and as I was doing all of that, it just reminded me that you know this world is not my home. The things that we have here are not the goal. That's not the end result. We're here now. But there is where we're striving to spend our eternity. You see, as we look at 1 Peter in the first verses of chapter 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. You see, strangers in the world. The word for strangers in the Greek is parapodemos a sojourner a foreigner someone passing through but still with personal relationships with the people in that locale as strangers we can't put blinders on and and ignore the world all around us and the the terrible things that go on and we're just we're just we're waiting to get there all, I'm just going to I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm just going to hope that I end up in heaven for eternity no that's not what he calls us to do But he also doesn't want us to just be looking around and feel overwhelmed to the point where, oh, there's no hope. Because this morning, there is hope. There is hope in this world. We can't be upset if if people persecute us or they make fun of us or they exclude us because of our faith in Jesus. And the reason is, is because we have a hope. We have a hope. The title of the message today is A Living Hope. You see, it's not just a hope, but it's a living hope that continues on and has an impact day in and day out if we allow it to really change our lives. We don't have to live this life with worry, fear, regret, shame, uncertainty. Through the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ, We can praise God in the face of adversity, know that we have a purpose, and keep the right perspective. You see, this living hope, if I was laid out in an outline as I thought through, all the benefits of a living hope. There are many, many benefits. But I want to share with you this morning some directly from this passage and some that I just feel... That encouraged me and and helped me to continue to press on is this idea of living hope equals praise in our life. And, And living hope can equal purpose in our life. And living hope can equal perspective in our lives. And as I think about those three ideas, praise, purpose, and perspective, and as I read through these verses and other passages of Scripture, they all kind of intertwine fluidly with the idea that one is kind of built on the others. And as we look at this idea through these, this passage of Scripture of 1 Peter 1, 3 through 3-5 this morning, may we keep in mind this idea that we have a living hope that has an impact in our lives. Pray with me as we begin this morning. Father, we're encouraged to gather together. Father, you tell us to not forsake the meeting together in order that we might build each other up, encourage one another, strengthen one another. And as we talked about last week, that we are in a war, a battle zone. There's a spiritual war going on all around us, and we need the, the strength of one another to put our shields of faith by each other and to protect one another. May we be encouraged and challenged this morning to grow in our faith, that we allow the living hope from your word to penetrate into our lives. And so we pray all this in the name of the power of your son, Jesus. Amen. As we look at verse 3, we begin with, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ! Exclamation points. You know, if I was speaking that into my phone, exclamation point at the end there. Praise be to God. And as we think about this idea of a living hope, that living hope produces praise in our life. And if we're trying to battle the struggles and the sufferings that go on as Christians, we need to get our eyes off of ourselves and put them on God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as Peter reminds the suffering Christians that this world is not our home, He then calls them to jubilant worship for enthusiastic joy that no matter what may be going on around them, they can always give praise to God. And it's a very hard time for these Christians that he's writing to. And yet, in the middle of it, Peter says, your focus has to get off your problems and on to God. Stop looking at what's going on around you and start looking at who's in charge Namely, God. So in writing to these persecuted Christians, he calls for praise. He calls for adoration to be given to God. What a tremendously important thing it is in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulation, trouble, persecution, hostility, disappointment, anxiety, to learn to praise God. And if things down here are falling apart, be confident that things up there are absolutely secure. As we read in verse 3, as we continue on, it says, In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I want us to look at this idea of His great mercy. You see, this idea of His great mercy compels us to give praise to God mercy is not receiving something I deserve and I don't know about you but I know that as a a, someone that falls short of God's glory that I deserve consequences according to scripture Romans 6 23 it says for the wages of sin is death But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we all deserve death, spiritual death, separation from God. And yet because of his mercy, we do not receive what we deserve. We deserve hell. We deserve the punishment that's due our sin. And yet because of his great mercy, we get to spend a relationship not only here on this earth with God, but a relationship for eternity with him. We all have missed the mark and deserve the consequences of the sin in our lives. But here in 1 Peter 1, 3, it says we are reminded that we should praise God because in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. And as I think about this idea of new birth, man, I praise God all the time for new birth. I don't know about you, but I love babies. I love babies and I think I might have already mentioned this and maybe it was that youth group. I don't know, but I just love like baby feet. You know how soft they are and you you know you put your face up right to the I mean they smell good and it's like bait that's the only time you can put your face up to feet, you know? It's when it's a baby's foot. And so I just love babies. I knew I love new life. I love the the life that we've gotten to experience with our children and I love new life in other people's lives. Because that's what God is all about. He's he's about things being born again, coming to life. And and God uses symbols all the time throughout scripture. And here is a, a symbol of this idea of being born again, new birth. It's a symbol of our conversion, of how we've gone from our old self to our new life in Christ. You might say this morning that, you know, why do I need to be born again? In fact, that... That question has come up in Scripture. And this morning you might be thinking that very same thing. And and I think it's like this. We all know that babies are alive from the time that they're conceived in their mother's womb. And they're alive in the amniotic fluid as they grow and they develop. But they're not really completely living the life that God has called them to live inside the womb. You see, only when they can go through the birth process and come out into a new life that they really begin to live the life God has called them to live. If I think about my oldest daughter, 16 years old, Bailey. If she was still just living inside her mother's womb, then I wouldn't have the, the ability and the joy to begin to try to teach her how to drive. <laughs> and if... If Bailey was still in the womb, then for sure, then Brindley wouldn't be able to then also join her in the womb. And we wouldn't be able to receive the joys of Brindley, my second-born daughter, the joys of having her and her amazing cooking abilities if she was still in the womb. And what about if my third child, Bodie, was still in his mother's womb? I'd never be able to get the experience of playing catch with him. And so on with the other four kids. There are things that can only happen in their life if they're born. If they come out of the womb. If if the baby is born. And some of you here this morning, you might still be in the womb. You've never been born again. And you're wondering why you've never experienced the true joy of the Lord and the forgiveness of your sins. And all the incredible promises that are found in God's word and it's because you're still in the womb you haven't surrendered your life to Christ repented of your sins confessed him as your Lord and Savior gone down into the watery grave of baptism and come up a new creation you have never been born again And if that's you this morning, you need to be born again. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, today is the day of salvation. This new birth is a spiritual new birth. And we can praise God for this spiritual new birth that he is offering us through his mercy into a living hope. This hope that we can be firm in, that we can stand our ground in. And it gives us purpose. We can praise God for his mercy, his new birth that he offers us through this living hope. And it begins to give us purpose in life. And I, I want to read a paraphrase of 1 Peter 3 through chapter 1, 3 through 5, from the message paraphrase. It says, What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. The living hope in our lives gives us purpose. We are born again into a living hope, and this living hope that we have is a hope that started in the past. It started with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it continues to impact our lives presently, and we look forward to how it will impact our eternity. And without hope, we as humans, we have a hard time navigating our everyday life. It reminds me of an episode of the adventures, the new adventures of Lois and Clark. I don't know if some of you remember that old show on TV, and, and I just love Superman as one of my favorite characters. and And I think about uh, on this episode, it was like a Christmas episode, and so the the villain in the episode was keeping time. He could pause time or delay it, and so there was it was Christmas Eve, and everyone was hopeful for Christmas morning, and. Christmas morning never came. It wasn't quite a Groundhog's Day thing, but they were losing hope that tomorrow would never come. And so as the villain was talking to Superman, he, he makes this statement, this idea of without the passing of time, there's no hope for tomorrow. And when humans have no hope for the future, they begin to destruct self-destruct. They begin to just slowly implode. And I think about this idea of us as Christians where we have something better than this life to look forward to. We have eternity to look forward to, but what about all the people that we know that don't have a hope for eternity? What if this is all they have to live for here on this earth? And I did a little research from 2017. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention reported in 2017 that suicide was the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., that in 2017, 47,173 Americans died by suicide. And there were an estimated 1,400,000 suicide attempts. And do you know where Wyoming falls in the number of suicides per 100,000 people? We rank third in the country. See, there are people living all around us that are struggling with the lack of hope, and we as believers have a living hope that we need to share with the world. It's our purpose. We have purpose in this life. We have meaning in this life to share the good news with those around us. In this past week, I was brought several uh, things were brought to my attention of of people that from this congregation they knew of someone a relative, or maybe a co-worker of someone that had recently, within the last week, committed suicide. You see, the world that we live in is full of people that are living without hope. And this living hope that we have gives us a purpose and a meaning In this life, we have a responsibility to take the good news of Jesus to our friends and our co workers and our parents and our siblings and our relatives and our bosses and the loved ones in our lives and whoever we come in contact with. You see, our mission statement here at PVCC is to lovingly seek, reconcile, restore, and equip disciples that they can make a difference in their world through ministry. We want others to have the same living hope that we have. And so my question this morning for each and every one of us, including myself, is are we fulfilling the purpose that God has given us as disciples of Christ as he lays it out in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, where he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As believers, our responsibility to Christ is not a Sunday morning attendance. It's not just a Sunday morning attendance. It's not just a pray for your meal times. It's not just a spend time in God's Word. It's all those things encompassed into a lifestyle that reflects Jesus to the world, that we are light into the darkness, as we read in Ephesians. And we have purpose in this life beyond the here as we look to the there. And we need to keep the right perspective. As we finish out these verses for today, in verse 4 and 5, it says that we have this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last days. Time As Christians, there are times where we struggle through this life, trying to live out our faith in the face of adversity, and our living hope of the inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade helps us keep the right perspective in life. In order to keep the right perspective, we look at this idea of an inheritance. You know what this word inheritance means? It's that which is passed down to you, from your parents. It's that which you receive as a gift. It's a legacy given to you because you are a member of a certain family. It is not something you really earn. It is not something you buy. It is something you receive as a gift because of the family you were born into. And as Christians, you think about, well, what's our inheritance In the Old Testament, God promised them an earthly inheritance. It was originally promised to Abraham, and they waited and waited, and finally Israel had an earthly inheritance, the land of Canaan. And just as the earthly people had an earthly inheritance, we spiritual people have a spiritual inheritance in heaven. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5, coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Our inheritance, he says, is the fullness of eternal salvation. And the word salvation, by the way, means rescue or deliverance. And here it indicates that full eternal deliverance and rescue has not been revealed yet. You see, the things of this world are going to fade away. Scripture says in Matthew 6.20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Again, packing up the things, some things we were able to toss after many years of having them, holding on to them because they're, they're no longer any good. And I think about Apple, the Apple company, and how this past week, many of you might know, they released a bunch of new products that are just going to be the coolest things in the world that we just have to have, right? Including the the iPhone 11 Pro that has three separate lenses for taking pictures on it, so that you could like just take a picture of like everything. I I don't I guess I don't know. I, I just it's just going to be awesome, I'm sure. But they're going to eventually perish. Spoil and fade. If you think back 18 years to 2001, when the, they've introduced the very first iPod, and maybe some of you had the very first iPod, and you just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You just thought, man, this is so awesome! I had this in my in my hand. You know, it's probably about this big, and it, and it was white. A lot of times, it had this cool little screen that you could see what songs were coming in black and white. You know, and and so you could hold in five gigabytes of data on this handheld device a thousand songs and something that was cutting edge in 2001 18 years later is obsolete it, it had spoiled it's it's perished it's faded and we when we keep our eyes focused on the hope of the inheritance that is being kept in heaven for us which will never perish spoil or fade We can battle through the difficulties of this life. Verse 5 again from the New Living Translation says, And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. As we think back to the truth of this letter being written to the persecuted church and to us today, we can be encouraged that if we hold on to our faith in God, that that faith is going to help protect us by His power until our inheritance is fully realized. And so I want to close by reading a story of two gentlemen that were persecuted and yet praised God. They were persecuted, but they still knew their purpose. And they were persecuted but they kept the right perspective through it all. And it comes from a great book called the Bible. It's a story that comes from Acts 16, verses 16 through 40. I'm going to show a video that reads through these verses. If you want to follow along, Acts 16, 16 through 40.
1: Thank you. joy because he had and released
0: and and i wanted to share that passage of scripture from acts 16 16 through 40 with you because i want us to remember that all throughout scripture god used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And God wants to use you in your everyday life to have an impact in the world around you for the kingdom of God. To share a living hope with the world. And it begins with this idea of Paul and Silas being willing to share their faith. And then they end up being persecuted and landing in prison. And it's not a very fun Place We talked about it at Vacation Bible School, what that might have looked like. And it was cold and wet and damp and, and gross. And they're in there, and they keep the right perspective. They know that their responsibility in life is to share the truth of Jesus. And so it changes their their perspective and their outlook on their situation, caused them to then go to God. And as they go to God, they give God praise. And I don't know what they're saying You know, God, thank you that these shackles don't hurt more than they already do. You know, I don't know what they praise to God, but everyone around them was hearing the praise that they had about midnight. And then this earthquake takes place, and and here they are, and, and they could have escaped, but their perspective was that God was in control, and they have an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the jailer and his whole household. And it says there in this passage from Acts 16, that they were baptized into Christ, that they made a decision that night to believe and to be immersed into Christ. They had a purpose, you see. In the face of persecution and difficulty, they kept the right perspective, they praised God, and their purpose of life was fulfilled in reaching the jailer and his household. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning that maybe... You aren't even to the point of having this living hope yet because you are not born again yet. You are still in the womb and and you have not come to to realize the full life that God is calling you to live. And so this morning as we sing a song of invitation, we want to encourage you. If you have a decision to make this morning, we'd invite you to come. If you need to surrender your life for the very first time to Jesus, we invite you to come. And this morning, if you're here and you need prayer, because you've been in the battle, you've been living your life for Christ, and yet as you're living, you've been maybe your perspective has gotten skewed, maybe you're not giving praise the way you need to, and you're not fulfilling the purpose that God is calling you to fulfill, and you need prayer, we'd invite you to come. That we might pray with you this morning. Will you sa- stand with us as we sing our song of imitation?